Um, and since you've got it, let's go ahead and open it to several places. We may just start out in the first three. But church, this is a subject that's on my heart, and, and I, I don't know where the Lord's taking it. I, I want to say that this is an introduction message. I, I told someone, I've, you know, you navigate. There's been a navigation. I navigated to a series I was going to start on things hard to be understood, and, and the Lord brought me back, right back just to Christ. So tonight, we're not navigating away from Christ, but a work that he is very interested in. And matter of fact, that he can't be separated from. And so I don't know if this will be a, a introduction to a larger, I believe it will, maybe a three-part lesson, and then maybe we'll be parked here for a year. I don't know. But, uh, but it, it's, it is a serious. I've been very heavy about this, uh, this message, lesson, whatever you want to call it. Um, while I'm saying this, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter number 16. Matthew chapter number 16. Um, I, I want to never say anything that is outside of the Word of God. Matter of fact, I'm not allowed to say anything that's outside of the Word of God. I, I made a mention to a brother today that I'll stand in judgment for anything that's mentioned that's outside of the Word of God. And uh, the care of the churches that Paul spoke of, it, he, that word care just simply meant a burden that it never, left, it never left him. And I want you to know, church, that there is not a day or a time of the day, an, an hour, uh, even, even through the day dealing with issues of, natural work and life, um, through the day of that, through even family time. Um, there is never a moment that the care of Murrayville Baptist Church is not pressed on me, the care of the church. Um, and, and that's a supernatural working of God. That's not nothing that, that, that I concocted or that's been on, you know, on, uh, that I've manufactured. But uh, it, is, it has been from the Lord. I again told someone, someone couldn't believe it about the testimony of God bringing me here that, that, uh, that the Lord confirmed in my heart through eternal scripture to feed the sheep and that that has been the mantra of Brother John for 20 plus years, feed the sheep. I had no idea about that, but that's what God does. And I, I thank the Lord for that. And church, that's my desire is that's, my responsibility, obligation, and that is my great blessing in life to attempt by the empowering of the Spirit of God and the direction of His Word to feed. And so uh, that's what we want to do, and we want to exercise that tonight. Matthew chapter number 16, and if you found that, I'd like you to turn over to Ephesians chapter number 4. Hold your place at Matthew 16. Turn to Ephesians chapter number 4. If you tire of turning... We will, uh, we will just aid you in that in reading. But Ephesians chapter number 4. And then if you found your place there, split it almost down the middle and hold your place there and go to Acts chapter number 20. And we will look at two verses. Well, we'll look at verses in each. 
But uh, let's start in Acts chapter number 20 tonight. Acts 20 and verse number 28. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. I'll just stop right here and say, for those that do not believe in the Trinity or the deity of Christ, or let's say that the Holy Ghost and Christ and God, these three are one, I would direct them to Acts 20 and 28, where the Bible says that He's made us overseers to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers uh, to feed the church of God, which He hath purchased with His own blood. The Holy Ghost purchased the church of God with His own blood. These three are one. Can I get amen? So that's just a by note tonight, but what a blessing. Ephesians chapter number 4. We're going to be reading verses 7 through 16 quickly tonight. But unto every one of us, and every one of who? Every one of the church, is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up, far above all heavens, that he might feel all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Semicolon. For the perfecting of the saints... For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cutting craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, that is a command, may grow up into Him in all things. Grow up. Unto him in all things, into him in all things, which is the head, even, say it with me, Christ. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working and the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself. There it is again, in love. So, if you want to find a bookmarker, or just we'll we'll come back to that. Um, place yourself there. In Matthew chapter number sixteen, this is the first place in the New Testament that the word church is mentioned. Matthew chapter number sixteen, verse number thirteen. We'll begin our reading there. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, "Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am?" 
general question. Who are they saying I am? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, and one of the prophets. He saith unto them, and here's where it gets serious, whom say ye that I am. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Here we are. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, what rock? The rock that Peter just said in verse 16. Christ, the Son of the living God. So Jesus said, I say unto thee that thou art Peter. Here's where the Catholics have got it messed up. They assume that when Jesus said Peter, that he would build his church on Peter. So they lift Peter up as the first pope. But Peter, the simple meaning of it is, is just a little rock. Like, a, like it would stick out of a cliff or out of a main rock. But the rock, the foundation that the Lord Jesus Christ said he would build his church on is the foundation that no other man can lay, the foundation of Jesus Christ. And he says, upon this rock I will build my church. It cannot get more declarative than that. And Jesus said, And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Okay. Tonight, I want to at least introduce a, a thought to you and a subject matter that I would like, and I'm glad it's the church here. And let me say this, I'm speaking to the church. Um, my question, really, and a good title of what we'll take tonight is simply... What is the church? Okay? There's the question. Now, with that question comes a plethora of different answers on what the philosophy some think that the church is, on what the opinions of some think that the church is, but tonight we have a very clear, definitive answer in Scripture about what the church is. What is the nature of the church? What is the function of the church? Now, if I, if I started, and tonight, by the way, any time through this this evening, as I go... Be careful about saying amen, because I, I will say some things that culturally are accepted by the known church, or the seen church. But we will answer with Scripture what the church is, and what it is not. What is its nature? What is its function? First off, let's deal with what the word church means because it's hard to go much past that point without understanding what does the word church even mean in the first place. It's derived from a word that is called ecclesia. 
which means the called out. The church very literally, <clears throat> the church very literally are those individuals whom the Lord has called out from the world unto Himself in justification, in sanctification, and ultimately in glorification. We are not of the world. Let me say that one more time. We are not of the world. Not because of what we say. Not because of what we tell everyone. We are the called out because God, through Christ Jesus, has separated us unto Himself. And we are the church. I say it all the time. Tonight I said it. Charlotte was at the table, uh, at her little table. It's funny. We Charlie bought her this little baby table, and we're eating more meals these days at this little baby table than we're eating at, at the adult table. It's been a little easier for Mama during this time of, of, of sickness. I've been able to handle Charlotte easier, et cetera, et cetera. But I looked at her and said, Let's go to church. Tonight, the saying, let's go to church, is not entirely a full statement. What we would rather say, and I'll continue to say that, it's what we say, but what we would rather say is, let's go gather with the church. Understand? The church is not a building. It is individuals. The church is not an institution. The church is not an organization. It is an organism. The church is not a denomination. Let me say that one more time. The church is not a denomination. Brother Andrew will go to wherever he's going and will preach and those that will believe will become part of the church and they ain't got a clue what an independent Baptist is. As they go and as they are discipled, what we believe and know true to be true of the Bible, they will become Baptist. But when God saves them, they are part of the church. They are part of the church. So, what is the church? Well, it's the called out believers. It's individuals. <clears throat> what are we doing? What is the nature of the church? What is the function of the church? So, we've seen that we're called out. We've seen that individuals are pulled out by the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, saved, called unto Himself. But just to give you an idea of how disturbing it is of the larger understanding of what the church is, there's a radio broadcast recently, and they were doing a call-in type thing, and someone called in, and they were 
going over the subject matter of what do I look for in a church. <laughs> they listed three things of what to look for in a church. Bear with me. Let's hold, refrain from amening for just a moment. And, but unless you want amen, go right ahead. By all means. But they listed three, three things of what should I look for in a church. All right. The first thing they listed was fellowship. Second, caring. Third, sharing. I submit to you tonight, you can find that in a bar. And find that in a club. You can find that in a social event. You can find fellowship with others. You can find sharing. And you can find caring. All right? Another study asked is what is the most important thing in a church? These are actual ideas that have circulated somehow... Through the ages, through time, as the lack of this has been preached and taught. So now we get an adjustment of our cultural upbringing, our traditions and our religion that may, that may or may not be based on what the Scripture teaches to be true. Study was asked, said, what is the most important thing that a church can do to attract people? Are y'all ready for this? Here we go. The first thing that was listed in this particular study from a poll and researching that was done. <laughs> parking. Parking. Now, we do have a parking issue, Brother Terry. We've been having that. We're trying to work through that, and we have designs and plans to aid in that. But that was the first thing listed. Second, let me say this. Thank God for those who have a burden for this and are willing for this. Second was what kind of nursery do they have? Thirdly, the thing that could attract people, what is the top list of things that could attract people, was style. Style. S-T-Y-L-E, style. Fourth was comfort. Fifth was air conditioning. I submit to you tonight that none of these are the foundation of what the church is built on, what the church is, and what its function is as Christ intended it in Scripture. I'm grateful for air conditioning. I know Brother Terry is. He runs it all the time. <laughs> but tonight, the foundation of the church is Christ, our loyalty, Love, adoration, worship of Him, and secondly, the Word of God. 
period. People say, well, the church has failed, the church has failed, the church has failed, the church has failed, and that's why we're in the shape that we're in. Let me remind the church tonight that none of the coming of the Lord can take place till these prophecies be fulfilled. It's coming. But the church doesn't fail when the parking lot is not right. The church doesn't fail when the air condition is not running. The church doesn't fail when the pews are not comfortable. The church doesn't fail when the lighting is just right. The church fails when we navigate away from the Word of God and from adoration and love, worship, absolute attention to the one on whom the church is built, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ, period. They say, what can the church do to connect to culture? What can we do to connect to those around us? What can we do to get the middle-aged engaged? What can we do to get seniors engaged? What can we do to get the young people engaged. Let me submit to you, church. We are not competing with the world for attention. I need some help tonight. We are not competing according to Scripture. Now, there are churches that are. If you want to call them churches. But I submit... On the authority of the Word of God, if we're using worldly measures with worldly things, trying to get worldly attention so that we can grab attention span for a moment, that that's not a church, it's a recreation hall. I don't care the attendance size. Listen, the church is growing. Our church is growing. I thank God for it tonight. But if we grow on the basis of anything other than the Lord Jesus Christ and the truth of the Word of God, we can no longer call ourselves a church. Now, 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 now. The church is not failing in its strategies. The church is not failing in its ability to connect to culture. The church is failing in its love for the Lord Jesus Christ and its design and desire to be absolutely grounded in truth. That is where the church is failing. It's not failing in marketing. It's not failing in get-togethers. It's not failing in social outreaches. It's not failing in constructs. The church has failed when we begin to fall out of love with Jesus Christ and cease to preach and teach the Word of God. To be honest with you, as pastor, these things weigh on me because as far as I can tell from my responsibilities from the Word of God, that I'm to be given to the Word and to prayer to feed the sheep and 
as the over-shepherd through his commands has spoken to us, I have no other responsibility but to say what God has already said. There's no new revelation I'm giving to you tonight. I, I wasn't alone with God somewhere and something new that, that can be leveled up with Scripture came to me. No, 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 no. I, my, my task is to preach what He has preserved, what He has said to the sheep. I'm not compelled by opinions. I'm not commanded to be compelled by opinions. Our elders are not commanded to be compelled. Our teachers are not compelled to be, to, be, to be weighed on by opinions. But rather, but rather, our question should be, what does the king command? Me and you as his slave to do on his behalf in his kingdom. Question mark. What does the king command me as his slave? Scripture refers to us as that. As his bond servant. As, his, as, his, as one in bounds to Christ. What does the king command me? as his slave, to do on his behalf in the kingdom. Being a pastor or being an elder in the church or whatever your place at is in the body, and we'll get on to this later, but we all have our place and our function for the glory of God and our utility to Christ. And not one single member of the body can make it without the other. You probably do not even see how valuable that you are if you are a member. Not by letter. Now, I will get into the tradition of why we do that and why we see that and why we exercise that action. But as an actual member of the body of Christ, the ecclesia, God has so compacted this body and fit this body together that when you hurt, I hurt. That when you are in need, I am in need. That when you are strengthened, you help strengthen me. Thereby the body functions together. Being a pastor, I'm simply an under-shepherd carrying out the orders of the over-shepherd as revealed in Scripture. That is not subjective tonight. And that is not relative truth. There are many men and many pastors. And I'm, listen, I'm, not, I'm just giving you what I see in Scripture tonight. I'm not judging or condemning any other man's work. That's not my responsibility. That's not my pea patch. That's not where I'm at. I'm simply tasked with being in my lane as an under-shepherd, carrying out the orders, orders of the over-shepherd, as He has revealed in His Word, not what my ambitions are. Are you hearing me tonight, church? Not what my ambitions are. Not what your ambitions are. 
what the ambitions of the shepherd king over the church is. Feed and lead. Feed and lead is my task. And, and, and for this, I will stand in judgment and give an account. I will give an account. I will stand before God one day over this local ecclesia. Not this building, but this body of believers who have chosen to identify themselves with this local body. I will stand in judgment. And I wake every morning and I, I go to sleep at night. And I, I, I study the scripture in the morning and at night. And I dwell and I meditate and I think. And on Tuesday nights, preparing to, as I'm working, as I'm going through the day, I've got issues to deal with. But my, my, my calling is pressing on me so in a joyous manner. In a joyous and fulfilling way. But I know that when this life is over, I will give account for what I say to you. For how I counsel you. For how I preach to you. For how I teach to you. For these very words that I'm saying to you tonight. I will stare into the eyes of Christ with eyes of fire. And hair of white. And a white robe. I will stand before Him and He will demand that I give an account. Demand that I give an account. So with that being said, as an introductory point for us tonight, let's look at Matthew 16 and we'll go home. I would ask you, church, to think on these things. I would ask you to think on these things. I, I think I could get a hearty amen here. We don't want to be, we don't want to be an entertaining church. We don't want to be a show church. We don't want to be a church that, 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 that itches ears. But I've already said this. Rather, we speak the truth in love. Now, there's a lot that's got that messed up. And if you speak the truth, Brother Tim, if I speak the truth, Brother John, if I speak the truth and do not speak it in love, I stand in condemnation of Scripture. That is Bible, buddy. There's some that's just got that backwards. Then there's some that speak in love, but never speak the truth. It's all love, 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 love. And yet, out of their mouth goes forth lying and deceit to build a crowd, to get money in the offering plate, to build an empire, to build a legacy. Listen, the only thing that's being built by Christ is the church. So let's look at one statement that Christ said. We'll, we'll, re, we'll revisit this. This is just an introduction. We'll come back to Ephesians and we'll come back to uh, Acts. We may mention Acts one more time. 757. I got three minutes. Matthew 16, 18. I've only been going for 31, by the way. Matthew 16, 18. Jesus said, I will build my church. I will build my church. 
Nowhere in Scripture... All right, I'm getting ahead of myself now. Let's look at that statement. He says, I... That is, a, he's, when he says, I will build, that statement is a verb, future tense, indicative in the first person. Which means, when Jesus says, I will build, that there is nobody else that's going to help him with that. No one else helps Jesus Christ Build his church. That's why we trust him with whatever he has done in Noah. That's why we trust him with whatever he's done at the jail. That's why we trust him with whatever happens at these altars. He has said, I will build my church. Listen to this. The word my. He says, I will build. Again, that's a, a verb, future indicative in the first person. Jesus said, I'm going to do it. He said, and I will build my church. That is a personal, possessive pronoun. The church is his. The church is his. It doesn't belong to a committee. It doesn't belong... To a financial board. Come on financial guys. It doesn't belong to the pastor. This church don't belong to me. Church, you, you don't belong to me. I don't exercise ownership over this. No, no, no. It doesn't belong to the members that make it up. And a lot of times, Brother Terry, I've seen church splits over my daddy mama give that pew. Church splits. Church close downs over individuals. And I question if they're in the church. I'm talking about the church. But individuals who try to take ownership of the church. Jesus said, I will build my church. And there's comfort in this. Because I am His. I'm His. And if you're the church, you're His. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why that the church is His. Have you got a second or two? Let me tell you why the church is His. Go back. To Acts chapter number 20. How many of y'all own a house in here? Raise your hand or have a house or something you live in that you pay for. How many of you own? What does everybody own? How many of y'all y'all own a telephone? Raise your hand or have a telephone. Some of y'all may be making payments on them. That's what they're doing. These things are getting so expensive. Anyway, don't we're talking about the church tonight. Acts chapter number 20 and verse number 28. Wish I could get into this context, but let me, let, me, let, me put, let me lift this without devolving what is being said. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. You see, when Jesus said, I will build my church, 
the reason he says that it's mine is because there was a great price that was paid for the church of the living God. A great transaction occurred so that Jesus Christ could say, upon this rock, this foundation, this cornerstone, I, with the help of no one else, will build my church. Because there was a great transaction that was made for it. You own something. You're passionate about something. You assume ownership over it. If anybody pulls up on your property tonight and tries to say, hey, this is mine and I'm taking it from you, there's going to be some kickback on that. Some of y'all are going to be running looking for deeds and surveys that you've had done. Why? Because you own it. Let me tell you something. You mess with the church of God much, and you put too much of your opinions on how God's church ought to be run, and you try to interject I try to interject on what I think ought to be preached and my opinion of what should be said or my opinion of what should... We are servants. We are servants of the great shepherd who owns the church of the living God because he purchased it. It is his. It is not mine. And he said, I will build it, thank God. Oh, we don't serve a weak God tonight. We don't serve a fragile committee of pastors, elders, deacons, teachers, prophecies. Listen tonight, church. We serve a mighty Savior who owns this thing. And when you ride up the road tonight, if you're a member of the church, He owns you. And you're purchased. You're protected. You're provided for. And if you'll come back Wednesday night, you'll hear part two. Amen. The church, I, 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 I want us to really think on this tonight. Go home tonight. And think on these things. What is the church? What is the church? And we're going to be hunkered down there for a few days. Amen. I'm excited about it. Father, we want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you for what you've done.